0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
1: Hey, welcome back to Miracles in Recovery the radio show that that speaks about addiction and recovery and all things that are taboo at the dinner table today. I mean, I guess today, um, more than likely, people are talking about what is going on in the world, but I think people probably still veer towards politics and oh, yeah. all of the easier subjects that, that they can get heated about. When we start talking about addiction, people close down, and that's one of the things that... Um, why Why I'm grateful that we're here, and I want to share that um, this is the last show of our 2017 contract, but we've signed up for another year. So we'll be on the air again until April, whatever that date is, this time next year. Because I think this message is very, very important, and um, although we don't get many... People calling in and asking questions or sharing their experience, strength, and hope. One gentleman is a constant, and that's David Essel. And he's on the line again with us tonight. And it's funny because I was going to go over the list of everything that he is affiliated with. And all I can really say is that he's published a wall of books. He... um, is all over Facebook with self-help information and assistance, and now he's also doing sermons at, at your local church. Hi, David. How are you?
2: <laughs> and I will I will repair your car on Saturdays, Ray, just so that people understand I'm very well-rounded.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But before we even go into any of that, do, do me a favor and, and, and share, me, share with me a little uh, quick thing about Saint. I saw on, on your Facebook page, you said that six years ago, you, had, you adopted him. And yeah. it's taken you that long for him to allow you to hug him? Oh,
2: my gosh. You know, and it's so funny because when you mentioned his name, he's standing here looking at me and he barked. <laughs> uh, it, it was adorable. Saint is uh, an Italian Greyhound, and before I had Saint, I had Kona, and Kona was a regular big Greyhound that they used to race on tracks. And mm-hmm. when, she, when she died, I loved the personality and the mellowness of the Greyhound breed. Uh, because I am so high energy and always on the go, like for me to have a Labrador Retriever, we'd be killing each other, you know? Right. <laughs> be, because they're, they're so high energy. And so I really needed a dog that was very docile and mellow. And oh, after Kona died, I waited a number of years. And then I adopted uh, from a rescue organization, Saint, who's an Italian greyhound. And, you know, they, they, they get to about 15, maybe 18 pounds. So they're a small dog.
3: But mm-hmm.
2: when, I had, when I adopted Saint, um, they had told me that the guy before him, me, that had him for the first four years of his life or five years of his life, he was never around, and he would shut St. in a bedroom
0: for like oh, seven,
2: gosh. 17, 18 hours a day. He had no stimulation. So when I got him, I mean, he stayed on the other side of the house for me. You know, I've had him five or six years now, six years. And, you know, he would, he would go to the other room, you know, and then the only time I would really see him was when I'd call him for his food, and then he'd come out. You know, I left the house, all the rooms wide open. He could go wherever he wanted. Then he eventually started to trust me. But, guys, you know, he would never let me hold him, like hug him. And so, you know, I gave him space, and I would try and gave him space and try. And about 30 days ago, I don't know what happened. You know, he, he finally, and, and, you know, I treat him like gold, like I do all my animals. And, um, and one morning, he has this little bed on the, on the corner of the bed. And one morning, I called to him, and I just hit the bed next to me. I said, come here, buddy. And for some reason he came over and if you can imagine, I'm laying on my side and I'm, you know, patting the bed next to me saying, go on, lay down. And he basically toppled over right on top of me. (laughs) It was the cutest thing. And I wrapped my arm around him and, and I thought it might be a one-time thing. Well, ever since then, now for about almost 30 straight days, he's done it every morning. And so two days ago, my brother, actually, Terry in Syracuse, New York, said to me, you've got to take a picture of it. So I took a picture of Saint, put it on Facebook. We, I just looked at it before I called you, and there's like, you know, 220 likes and God knows how many, you know, comments.
1: Right, right, um, right.
2: Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought it up because I, I will say this. In recovery, one of the greatest things for people to do, if you can afford it and you have a place, is to get a cat or a dog, you know, and this is going to sound foolish, but I mean this seriously, you know, even a fish tank. Um, years ago when I, when I worked more in the corporate world, we were encouraging doctors, uh, dentists especially, to bring aquariums in because they, we know through scientific studies that watching fish swim calms the body and calms the right. mind. And so when you're in recovery and, and, you know, if you're feeling anxious, one of the greatest things to do is to bring a live animal into your life. And, you know, even though I've been, you know, recovered longer than, than the six years I've had Saint, I mean, he has made a huge difference. And just now, the way that he has opened his heart to me, guys, is absolutely stunning.
1: No, that's 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 awesome. And you know, the, that shows you that um, a... Unconditional love still does take time with with animals and with with humans. I don't think that we have unconditional love. I mean because we uh, have the ability to reason and we have the ability to put things in our mind that um, can skew our, thought process a little bit i think that you know as close to unconditional love we can get we can swing the other way as well but with a with an animal like i've like you said i mean get get it get something that you are responsible for other than just the brand new pair of sneakers that you bought um it'll it it, it takes you out of yourself or yes. that self that self-centered self-minded behavior that we've been in for so long acting out our our addiction and 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 it gives responsibility to something else that we have to do every day. I didn't make my bed every single day until I watched a video from a naval a naval admiral saying the 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 greatest thing that you can do on a daily basis is make your bed. And mm-hmm. He broke it down for me that simple that, you know, when you go to bed, it's made and it's ready to go in. It's not all, it's not, you know what I mean? So just something as simple as that to take you out of your normal routine. I have three animals here. I'm like, I'm like the, uh, the animal. You have five. Ah, Well, well, yeah, no, I have five. That's right. I have two cats. Oh, two fish. I have seven. So. Ah, Yeah. (laughs) I love
4: it. Yeah, I always say somebody told all the animals to come to Ray's Street because he'll he'll take them in. <laughs> Just drop them off at the end of the road and come on down.
1: The sad reality is, though, David, is that is that the people that were in need or or, or making believe that they were would find my door as well, and and I would take them in, and you know th- that 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 was a learned behavior that I had to get myself out of. Well, there is a limit, right? Yeah. There is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There there is. But, you know, something...
1: That that the picture the picture of your dog and you laying there it was like it was just so like heartwarming that you know that made it made total sense at that point that you said your your dog was with someone who stuck them in a room so that was their common behavior just to go in the other room he it's not that he was afraid that was just his common behavior and now after all of these years of realizing. Hey, it may not be that bad on the big bed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and,
2: and, and Ray Allen, if someone would have said to me two years ago, three years ago that, hey, hang in there for like two or three more years and he'll come around, I never would have believed it. I had accepted that he had, you know, pain from his past and, you know, because he was so neglected. And, and the other thing is, is that, you know, he was, he was with a guy And so here another guy adopts him. And, of course, his response system, it's like a woman who's been in an abusive relationship. You know, when when she gets into another relationship, the odds are unless she does a lot of work, she's probably going to choose another abuser. And yes, it's a subconscious comfort zone. My guess is, is that he comes in here and all he did was reflect back. On the anxiety that he lived with, and it and it literally took six years for him. Now, here's the in- other interesting thing, guys. Women, when they are kids, he saying ever since I've had him, he will allow children as long as they're older than five. Uh, below five, it's a little too young for him. But about from five on, he'll he'll allow children, and he'll allow women to pick him up and hold him and cuddle with him but never a man. And, huh. well, you know, there there's yeah. And that's shocking. You know, like there was a, uh, in, in the beginning when I got Saint, there was a woman I was in a relationship with. And within 30 days, he's doing all these things with her. And I go, Hey, wait a minute. That's not fair. I've had this dog for a couple of years. Now. Like what, <laughs> what the hell is this? He's loving on you and doing all this stuff. He'll never do with me. But you know, he finally did. And, and you know, the interesting comment you make about unconditional love we write in our brand new book, Focus, Slay Your Goals, that unconditional love between two adults is rare, but between a dog owner and its, mm-hmm. and its dog is not rare at all. Isn't that right, right. Exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah. And know, I
4: think it, it goes both ways, too. I mean, <clears throat> I know I've had dogs. I don't have one right now. I have cats. But, you know, my feelings for the dog were unconditional love. I would have done anything for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did for my you did for your yeah. dog. You did everything I there. did. I did.
4: Mm-hmm. And my, my yeah. earlier one too. Her name was Cessna. And I yeah. you know I always had them growing up. But I I always do rescues. I think there yeah. there are a lot of a lot of <laughs> dogs that need rescuing and a lot of cats.
2: Oh my gosh. It, it's Ray, you had mentioned something also for people in recovery or people who are thinking about getting in recovery. You know, there is a responsibility. I have to get up early, walk Saint in the morning. I walk in <laughs> late at night uh, because I'm gone, you know, a long period of time. I either drop them off at um, uh, this a place called the Dog Resort where, you know, <laughs> it, it, they have two huge <laughs> open rooms. One of the open rooms is for the big dogs and one for the little dogs and they don't put them in, in cages and the dogs just roam all day <laughs> long. So when I'm at work, he's playing with other dogs um, or I have someone come and walk him. But my responsibility first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And a lot of times, you know, my night ends at 10 and I'm out there at 11 midnight walking him. I don't have a choice, right? right. You know, and and that is such a healthy thing when you talk about rituals, you know, we, in, in our course holistic addiction recovery outside of talking about the power of the subconscious mind, One of the things we say to people, if it's an opiate addiction, codependency, nicotine, alcohol, food, sex, spending, whatever it is, is that we need to create seven days a week rituals, timed rituals, first thing in the morning, noon, last thing at night, where that whether it's going to meetings or yoga class or meditation or prayer or church or whatever it is. That seven-day-a-week ritual, because listen, we were all addicts seven days a week. Right. We were alcoholics. We were codependent seven days a week. We were food addicts seven days a week. So when we're going into recovery, we need to put the same amount of ritualistic practice into being clean, healthy, sober, recovered that we used to put into our active use.
1: You know, and isn't it crazy that, like you were just saying, that ritualistic practice, isn't it crazy that all of the years that we justified our um, negative ritualistic practices, that when we do something now for, you know, positive reward, go to the gym, go to church, pray, you know, all of the positive things that, you know, we, we need to put in our life, it's so easy to step away from that. Where it yeah. wasn't easy to step away from our um, addictive behavior. Oh my
2: gosh. Well, and let's look at the reason why, because that's a great point. When, you know, if the, and I don't think there's any statistics that could prove this, but let me just throw out a number so we have something to, to gauge by. Let's say the average person is an alcoholic, an addict, a food addict, a smoker, a codependent. Let's say before they get help, the average person, who's, who's ensconced in any kind of addiction has been doing it for 15 or 20 years. Let's, I'm just going to throw that number out. No one has any idea what the average is, but I'm just going to make that up. All right. When you start a new program of going to the gym and prayer and meditation and yoga and journaling and maybe 12 step meetings or whatever you're going to do, you don't have the foundation of 15 or 20 years of practicing your addiction so it's going to take quite a bit of time for that subconscious mind to accept the new healthy rituals as your daily work. It, it, we're, we're going, we're trying to compare. Well, geez, you know, I've been journaling two days a week and I was supposed to go to the gym three days a week and I was supposed to do this, but in recovery, I just don't feel like doing this. Well, we didn't say that in our active addiction. We didn't go, you know, I just don't no. feel like getting high today.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you no. Know?
2: I I don't feel like having a drink today. I don't feel like, you know, keeping my mouth shut instead of speaking up in the codependent world. So, you know, we just do that subconsciously. We just know on the way home, we're going to stop and have a couple drinks that turn into a couple too many or whatever the practice is. Uh So so it's going to take, and this is what we say in, in our books, on average, it takes about 365 days in a row of practicing new habits before they become solid.
1: And and, and that makes sense. You know, um, there are things that, like I I try to make sure that I go to church on a weekly basis and I try to make sure that I do all of the things that I'm supposed to do. And I am um, 99% good with it but there are a couple of things that like i i still need work on and i think ultimately what what i do is i tell myself well those are the less important ones and now that i have all of these in a row i'm okay and and i'll just like welcome them in but you know the funny thing is is i turn into saint and i am willing to keep those standing in the corner and i'm not wanting to give to get the hug on that one you know and i think what um I think what happens is that, you know, a little bit of, I don't want to say negativity because I try not to stay in a negative space, but I want to say a little bit of that lackadaisical justification steeps in and says, look, I got this whole pile of good. Why do I need to worry about losing that extra five pounds, even though I know it'll be good for my blood pressure and be healthy? What we're going to do is we're going to go to a break right now dial 866-472-5792 if you have any questions for David or if you just want to share your experience, strength, and hope. And we will be back in a moment.
3: Your life, your
4: health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Ready to transform your health and your world? time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and
0: Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to one 472 5792 That's one 472 5792 You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: We are uh, on the phone with David Essel and we were speaking about positive uh, reinforcements when you you start getting clean and my sister just sent me a text saying, got to say, love David. So your message is getting out there, at least to my (laughs) sister anyway. So be careful, (laughs) Mr. I love it.
2: I love it. Yeah, I I really think that the rituals are a crucial part. If we put so much effort and time into thinking about using and, and, per- and purchasing whatever the use was, we need to put that same amount of time into staying clean, getting clean, asking for help, surrounding ourselves, Ray and Ellen, with people who are on the same path. We can't talk about that enough. Um, letting go of old friendships is oftentimes very necessary in order to start our new lives.
1: No, that's very true because there was a long period of time where I wasn't willing to give up my friends per se, like I would go into a detox environment or a a rehab environment for 30 or so days, and I would find myself right back on the corner with the friends that I felt secure with. I I mean, my success rate was maybe 17 minutes, and (laughs) I didn't understand why. I just figured that if I was doing it, they would all do it as well, And, and it was easier to cave into their want than mine. You know, so so I get it. You know, changing your friends—it may sound like a a big earth-shattering, world-changing event, but it's what's going to save your life.
2: Yeah, oh my gosh! You, you know, the other thing I, when I when we talk about rituals, and this is kind of a different ritual, but I made a decision for the first 365 days when I released alcohol to not go to any events where alcohol was served, and never, and I never went out to dinner for 365 right. days. Now, that was a goal that I set for myself. No one told me to do it, but I just wanted, Ray and Ellen, I wanted to have a year. I knew the importance of 365 days. I wanted to have a year underneath my belt where I, rem- I didn't go to weddings, I didn't go to funerals, you know, and as as a, a minister, I turned down a lot of opportunities to marry people. I turned down opportunities in business because I did not want to put myself in that situation. Now, some people don't have to do that, and I'm not saying it's the only way, but that was a ritual that really helped ground me, and it did a couple things. One, it obviously took away the temptation, but two, it showed me how serious I was about my recovery, which is really important. Once you make that decision that, okay, this is it, I'm really dead serious this time, I'm not going back, That's when you have to set the bar, in my opinion, very high, very stringent, letting go of people who will tempt you back, letting go of the environment, the situations that will tempt you, because without doing that and challenging yourself to go to the higher level, we're probably going to fade back into our old comfort zone.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the things that, that a lot of the recovery f- fellowships do is provide you with a support system, a, you know, a group of people who have the same goal and, you know, maybe who have more time working at it. And it, it gives you really a wonderful support system. That's one of the things that, that I've noticed. And, and for the families of addicts and alcoholics as well, If if we surround ourselves with people who understand, who are going through the same things, It helps, you know, so that you don't get mired in the depression and and the, you know, the hopelessness and the trying to fix it when you can't. And, you know, all of the all of the things that go into making up the disease as a family disease. It's you know, it's not just the the addicts who suffer. The families suffer greatly as well.
2: You you, you are 100 percent correct. And, you know, and we're pretty blessed in the United States. We have we have more than just 12 step. We have 12 step. We have smart recovery. We have mm-hmm. celebrate recovery. We have rational recovery. I mean, this, I think I mentioned smart recovery. You know, like we have four or five, six different types of nationally known programs. Um, if you Google Buddhist recovery, you'll find Buddhist recovery programs. I mean, oh well, wow. I, I mean, there's,
1: you know, there, there's even you know, there's even um, the Nakanan, um model out there That's as well, which is, which is completely different from anything that you just mentioned.
2: Yeah. So, and, and, and Ellen, you know, what you're saying is really true. We need to have, it's going to take a village to get us group. That is just the truth. So if you're listening right now and you're saying, well, I'm not into groups, well, let me tell you something really cool. A lot of these groups that you don't want to be into also offer online groups Mm -hmm. They will offer podcasts where you can listen to speakers in all these different programs. If you're not ready to walk into a public facility like I wasn't for years, there are so many things you can do. And I'm not saying that you should, but I'm saying you you can, you know, if you want to ease your way into it, at the very least, start listening to the messages.
1: Right. There is a... um... There's a, a, a couple of friends of mine who are the facilitators. That they're the owners. I would imagine of intherooms.com, and sure. they have they have active meetings in all of the different anonymous type groups. I would say, 24 hours a day now. I mean, They do. They have recovery so, meditation. Yeah. They, I so, mean, it has really like, just like blossomed. Like David was just saying, you know, you can sit. If you're if you're at home and you're concerned about putting your body in a space or a group of people that you are uneasy with, s- start by going on the computer and, not, and that you're not going, you're going to get a little stimulation from that, which may want you uh, or may have you wanting to find out more about what this recovery process is and and how you fit into it. I really don't know how successful I would be staring or listening to a computer screen, but I think that that is one of the ways that you can just open that gate just a little bit and allow some of that positivity to come flowing in.
2: And, you know, and the funny thing is now I I have several clients that are millennials and because they grew up in the age of Internet from the age of two, (laughs) um, you know, know, like a lot of the millennials feel very comfortable in absorbing a ton of inspiration and education from just participating online or listening to podcasts, Uh, you know, for myself, Ray, and, you know, you and Ellen might be the same. Uh, When I walked into the room and, and for the first time I went 130 straight days. And then honestly, for me, and it's different for everyone, I got everything I needed and I went and worked one-on-one after that with, with Mm -hmm. people who were addiction specialists. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, everyone is different. There's not a program that's going to work equal for all of us. The key I think is just being yourself out there. You know, one of my clients from Australia I work with him from his business and in and, and addiction recovery. I work with them both ways, helping his business to grow and helping him stay clean. He started his own men's group for recovery. And, it's, and they have two things. It's, it's a, it's a call-in, and he's got people from all over the world that call in. Cool. Um, and, and it's also, what do you call that thing on your phone when you have a thread and everyone is in a certain group on your phone, like a, oh, oh like you a mean like chat. a group,
1: like a group text thing or whatever yeah, it is?
2: Group, group, yeah, group text. So yep. you know, and then once a week, they all have a responsibility of adding something about their recovery on the group text.
4: Cool. Oh, that's a good idea. We do that yeah. with email. We do a gratitude email in one of my groups,
2: like and everybody. It. Yeah, adds
4: you know, to it. and that and that's
1: the thing. I mean, in today's in today's society, you know, it's it's every there is there are more vantage points to get this message or get a positive reinforced message of recovery and hope than just going down and sitting in a in a church basement like David and I had to do many years ago um how, like you said millennials some like i i try to call my daughter on the phone and i hear like a beep in my ear when i'm when it's dialing when it's ringing. And she's texting me saying, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I want to, well, I want to talk to you. I don't want to text with you. Yeah. But that's the that's who we live with today.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. It, we have such a different, I, the, you know, the age generations. we have such a different approach many times on what works and what doesn't work. But the bottom line is, if it works, continue doing that. It, whatever it's just it
1: communication. Is. Right. Yeah. It's only it's all about communication. Now, however you are comfortable with that, don't shut yourself in. But however you are comfortable with that, use that to your advantage.
4: And use it for a start. I don't know. I found that I really need live people around. Right. I, re- I really do. I mean, the gratitude emails that I get, I can be having a bad day, and I'll open that and read what something, you know, something someone else is grateful for, and it'll make me stop and think, and it kind of brightens my day. But I also need to be, I need that FaceTime, too. I really do. And I, I think the support that you get is unparalleled when you're when you're actually face-to-face with people and admitting that, you know, you're not perfect and you have these problems.
2: Well, you know, there's something really beautiful about any group where that people are walking in with an issue, whether it's Weight Watchers or, you know, whatever, is you have to get humble and vulnerable to walk into any type of a group meeting whose purpose is to help you grow. Right. And we know humility in the world of recovery is one of the greatest tools and maybe the strongest tool is to raise your hand and to say, I have an issue, I need help. Oh Mm. my God, that is probably step one of all programs when they welcome you in because you're willing to be vulnerable. And, you know, men and women both have a huge issue with vulnerability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if we just do that, if we just decide to walk in, you already have proven to yourself that you're stronger than you maybe think.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. And and it took me a long time to realize that the strength that I ultimately was i don't want to say faking but was por- portraying just walking into the various groups that i was going to you know because because i was so i felt so weak inside mm-hmm. and so vulnerable the, in, in a different aspect of, hey, I need help, I, was, I, went, I walked in and I sat in the corner, and it was easy for me to giggle at somebody talking about something where they were saving themselves, and I was criticizing what it was that they were doing. I didn't mm-hmm. know that along the way, all of that understanding was going to come flooding in as well just because I brought that negative shell into that environment.
2: Isn't that something? It's, yeah.
1: It's, 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 it's a
2: miracle. It's a
4: beautiful thing, really.
2: Yeah. 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 It, it is incredible. And and the other thing is that, you know, we know in the world of recovery is don't give advice. <laughs> oh, So hard to do. <laughs> Everybody's
1: full of it. So,
2: yeah. We, you, Take suggestions. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless, unless you're working in the industry I really mean this. The best thing we can do is sit and... And here's the question that I... Like when I'm working with uh, a family member and they're talking about that their son, their husband, their wife, their daughter, their whatever, you know, if they would just do X to get recovered. And I will say to them, listen, as you continue to badger and give advice, do you think you're pulling them closer to you or pushing them away? Question one. Question two is, if you ask a question... Versus giving your advice. Now, of course, there are times to give advice. I'm not saying there isn't, but it might be 10% of the time. 90% mm-hmm. of the time, we should not. But if we were to rephrase it and say, honey, what would make you move right now? What would make you move in a healthier direction? If mm-hmm. your best friend was doing what you're doing, let's assume their best friend is not. If, uh, if someone your age wanted to get clean... What do you think they might do? If you, and as you ask more questions, you're engaging them. Now, when I said that there's a 10% you know, chance or a window of giving advice, there is. And that is when you feel threatened, when your finances are being threatened, when your children are being threatened, when you know because your husband's an alcoholic, your wife's an alcoholic, your wife's a spending addict, whatever it might be, there does come a point where we have to do tough love and we mm-hmm. have to make some very difficult... But Outside of that 10% time, it works much better when we engage people, try to engage people in conversation versus telling them what to do.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense, you know, because because there have been times where advice only you know only blows back up on the individual that is giving it in the sense of, you know, like um if you and your wife are having a hard time and, you know, and I say, well, David, you know, I mean, it may only make sense for you to leave her and then you get back together again. Who's the bad guy in that situation? I am because that's what I, that's the advice that I gave you. I gave you the wrong advice actually. So not everyone that you are relying on for advice is going to give you your best Option
4: is what what I like trying to, to say. hear is, you know, somebody saying, here's what I did when I was in that situation. Right. That helps yeah. me more than you should or, you know, yeah. you'd better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to hear, here's what I did. And that gives me something to think about.
1: And we're going to have to pick this up on the other side of the break because we are at 30 seconds already. This was another quick segment. It was. Yeah, we're just flying by here. It must be David. He talks too much. (laughs) He talks too much. All right. We love having him (laughs) on. All right. We'll be back on the other side of the break.
4: opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives. And once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. we got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey, and we're back. And not to change the subject, uh, but... I'm going to because I have the microphone. Um, <laughs> I did, mm-hmm. I did, I'll, we'll be able to wrap this back in, swing this in, back in somehow. But I did my 23andMe uh, Ancestry. Oh, you um, got it back? I got it back already. Now, you know, like I was, when, when I did it, all that was in the back of my mind the whole time was, um, I have always claimed Irish right. um, lineage. Right. I, I've always said, I'm Irish, I'm Irish, I'm Irish, I'm nothing but Irish. And all I could think of was one of those commercials where somebody's saying, yeah, and, and now he now, had to
4: trade his and lighter husband to, in for a kilt.
1: Right. So I was on my way to um, my ancient Order of Hibernians. It's, a, it's an Irish Catholic men's group um, state board meeting. And I get a ding on my phone that said, your results are in. So my first thought was, oh, man, I'm going to have to relinquish my position as vice (laughs) president of the state because I'm German, right? So I got to the Rosen Hotel in uh, Orlando and didn't even park the car. I hit the button and I looked and I am 92.1% British and Irish from the Isle of Ireland. Oh, you are Irish. Wow. Yeah. And. I am. It says broadly Northwestern European, which is seven point two percent, which makes sense because it says it's as east as Ireland, as south as France, as north as somewhere else. So, my my lineage is is right in there, and it's probably like from the Vikings when they were pillaging every country up there, um, and drinking point, their
2: faces off. Ray, right? Point
1: seven percent Scandinavian, which makes sense because yeah. that's Viking. And and yeah. get this one, get this kicker. Point one tenth of a percent Ashkenazi Jewish. Really? Where wow. that one came yeah. from? I don't know. I don't know. But, wow. Yeah. No. So you know, it's funny that when when you know, like for the longest time, mm-hmm. my whole thought process, which which of course I still would have been, um, you know. But my whole thought process was just confirmed in spitting into a into a cup. I mean, there's a spinning into a little tube. Now there's all of the kind of different things that you can find out from that, like health and and all of that stuff. But the way that we've come tenfold from when I got clean is incredible because I, you know, we're we're using cell phones to we were talking about going online to Um, catch a piece of a meeting or or whatever it is that we do with technology today. Technology is incredible and and we do need to embrace it, albeit to find out who we are, how we are made up, who our ancestors were, or even to be able to process us into this thing that David and I and Ellen embrace called recovery. So you you can't be like that old lady out in the woods that never sinned because she did not know anyone right Right. she did she never she never dealt with anyone she never talked with anyone so how could she know sin in today's world in today's environment recovery is at your fingertips if you're listening to us right now it doesn't mean that you have to run down the street to a meeting. It just means that you just keep listening to us, and hopefully something will click. And with that click, you take that and run it into into something more positive, to bring your life to where you need it to be or want it to be. There, there's
4: always if you reach out, there's always somebody there. But you you have to be the one that reaches out, and, yeah. and you know, not just the addict, not just the alcoholic, but the family member as well. There, there is somebody who will grab your hand if you reach out and, and will
1: try to,
4: try to make you feel a little bit better.
1: Right, and that's why there are people like David that he, he is constantly out there giving that hand of of reassurement uh, a reassuring hand he's always out there with a positive message he's always out there putting videos online you actually um you had a or i don't know if it's still in effect i i got busy and and couldn't do it but you you had your uh your book club right oh
2: yeah we had we had a book club with the new book focus lay your goals we had a four-week book club that was just so much fun, you know, people from all over the country. We had several people outside of the country that had joined it too. Um and then you guys know about the daily boost, you know, five days a week. yes, the yes. Boost. Oh God, we just We get the, the boost. boost. Oh, that thing is going nuts. Um and and you know, it, it, it's fun because for people that don't know what it is, if you go to our website, talkdavid.com and you sign up for David Essel's daily video boost. It's $4.95 a month, extremely inexpensive. And five days a week, you get a video with a thought of the day, with an explanation mm-hmm. behind the thought. And it's you know, and, and we look at the boost. Ellen, you're talking about community. And Ray, you were talking about your communities. You know, the, the, the daily boost five-day-a-week video has turned into its own international community um, with people from all over the world joining and talking about it you know, there's several of my clients, of course, are, are on the boost and they'll come in and they'll say that, oh, my gosh, before we do us talk about anything today, I want to talk about what you discussed on Monday with your daily boost. Like, it's really getting people to start to think and to talk. And that is a support system. Mm-hmm. That little four minute video every morning can be the thing that gets you thinking about staying on your path to make the changes you need to make. Oh, exactly.
4: It's kind of like reading, you know, a, a daily inspirational reader. Only you don't have to read it;
1: you have somebody telling you, <laughs>
4: explaining it to you. Right. I like that. So, if
1: your eyes don't work in the morning, David's mouth will. There or you go. Or if you
4: don't, you know, if you don't really like to read, or if yeah. it's hard to get into that routine, it's very easy to just, you know, know the email. You and I
1: and I do have to um, say that I get more out of um, somebody speaking to me. Than I do reading because sometimes when I'm reading, I'm just reading the you know word after word after word, and I have to go back and read it again.
4: Well, I'm giving it my own explanation too. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm twisting it to fit what I want it to fit instead of you know hearing maybe what it really no, is
2: that's, meant to that's be. True. Well, you know, it's funny Ray that you say that. This morning, I was reading. You know, I get this little email today's gift, and I was reading today's gift, and halfway through it, I said what the hell am I reading? Like I was reading, I wasn't paying attention and my mind was somewhere else. Right. And so I'm reading this two paragraph little email and halfway down the first paragraph, I couldn't even remember what the topic was. I said, I have to read this again, but if you're listening or watching a video, you are more likely to pay attention to the message, unless you're brushing your teeth and shaving and eating at the same time. Um, you know, which is really quite something. People, the way we multitask <laughs> this day is craziness.
4: Oh, but it is. If,
2: you know, you know what? My my realtor is, a matter of fact, Troy. the The video comes out every day at four o two a m Eastern Standard Time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He gets up at four o'clock every morning, and at four o two, he's the first, probably one of the first ones, <laughs> if not the first one, you know, watching it. And and we were just talking the other day, and he was you know, responded to me about, he goes, oh, my God, thank you for doing the article on how calorie counting to lose weight is a waste of time. Um, And, you know, the Journal of the American Medical Association, which shocked the heck out of me because they are so conservative, came out with this massive study about a month ago talking about how that when people are measuring their food and counting calories, that it's absolutely one of the worst things you can do to lose weight. And so what we try to do with these videos is stay very current, very updated. And as Ray and Alan both just said, you sit back, you listen, you will hear me say every day when you join, take notes, don't trust your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Because we want you engaged at that level of listening and writing, which means it'll go deeper into the subconscious.
1: Right, right, right. And, and, and that's, that's and that's where it needs to be because consciously I can do all the right things. And and like we had spoken, uh, before subconsciously is where our real actions, um, or patterns stay where they should be. I don't want to stay where they should be. I mean, real, where, where our patterns stay. Cause if we're not in that, you know, like, um, I just lost my train of thought because my cat just landed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've
4: got a cat going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, Go you're 100% correct.
2: When when you've turned a habit into something, a healthy right. habit into a long-term success, there's no thought. When it goes into the subconscious, you just get up every day and automatically do it. Yeah, right, exactly. When it's right. exactly. healthy, you know, and, and that's what you're saying. And so when you make that decision that, you know what, you don't even think about it, you get up and you listen, and you turn on, you hit the video to, to, to watch David Essel's daily video boost, and you don't even think about it because it's become ingrained in the subconscious mind. Before you leave the house, when you brush your teeth without leaving yourself a note on the windshield, go back and brush your teeth, when you no longer need to do that, then you know mm-hmm. it's in the subconscious. When your car leaves work and the next thing you know you're at the gym, and you go, oh, my God, I forgot, I'm, you know, here I am. That means it's been placed into the subconscious,
1: right? I mean, my my car used to subconsciously drive right down uh, the drug street, and and I would say, how did I get here? So, you know, I, I get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's and what we want in recovery is we want it to be as effortless not to use as it was effortless to use. In codependency, where we used to always say yes when we meant no. We know mm-hmm. that we've healed when we automatically say no, when we mean no, and we don't say yes when really we want to say no. And, and once you cross that barrier, then you know that all of your work has sunk into the subconscious, and you are awesome. You are so right. good to go. Um, you know, guys, I was speaking the other day, and I might have told this story on, on, uh, on this show before, but I, uh, I was preaching at a church Um, For years, I was a pastor of a church, and then I started to become a traveling minister filling in. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm at, and actually the sermon is on, if people want a motivational sermon, it's on my Facebook page. Just go to David Essel and you can find it. But that afternoon, I did a a, a workshop on our book, Focus, Slay Your Goals. And I told the story about prior to recovery, there was this building that I used to go speak at in Fort Myers, Florida. It was a, a yacht club. And I'd go there every couple months because a different company would be there for a sales meeting. And I'd go and do my speech. And when you leave the exit of the Yacht Club, right across the street is 7-Eleven. And Mm -hmm. I lived 30 minutes south. I'd stop at the 7-Eleven, get a bottle of wine. I had my wine opener in the car, my glass in the car. And in the next 30 minutes, I would finish a bottle of wine. And I did that for years. When I finally got clean and sober, I remember driving out of, of, and I lived in the same place, 30 minutes south. I remember driving out of speaking, driving past the 7-Eleven and totally forgetting it was even there until I got home. And I thought, is not that funny? Like, I didn't even recognize the 7-Eleven was there. And that meant that my recovery was so ingrained in the subconscious that the new pattern had set and there wasn't
1: even a trigger. Exactly. Exactly. And losing those triggers is important. Yeah, that's, that's that's the main goal. Well, we only have like two minutes left, David. So if you could share how people can get in touch with you, that would be great. Because, you know, I'm sure that there's somebody out there listening who would like to entertain your services for something other than just listening to you for the hour.
2: Oh, thank you, Ray and Ellen. Yeah, just go to the website, which is talkdavid.com. T-A-L-K, talkdavid.com. David.com. You can find out more about our brand new, number one best selling book, Focus Slay Your Goals, the forward written by my friend, celebrity Jenny McCarthy. She did an amazing job. You can join the Daily Boost at $4.95 a month and get a video every morning, Monday through Friday. Um, and you can look at all the different work I do as a counselor and a life coach. And if you want one on one help from anywhere in the world, we do it via Skype, phone. Um, and so we can take care of you all, and it's at talkdavid. dot com.
1: You know, it's been an awesome show again. The hour just whips by when we're when we're talking with you because you have so much to offer, so much to give, and it it just you know what I mean. I'm sure it pulls all of the. I, I mean, I can speak for me. I, I'm sure I can speak for Ellen as well. It Definitely. pulls it pulls greatness out of this hour, and and you know I I think that our listening audience gains that much more knowledge and that much more awareness of what it is that we're doing. We only have 30 seconds left, so uh, we're going to have to say...
4: With Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night,
1: everyone. Good night. Thank you, David.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery.